We're live. Episode number two. Gregorian Episode Rand. two of two. Episode two of two. Hopefully we have a, a lot of these. We'll see. Hopefully. Uh, yes. Welcome back to another episode of Gregorian Rant. Obviously, last week was uh, our introduction, our our stories. Increíble. Increíble. Normally, you go Greek or Latin. I know, but that was that's Spanish for incredible. Wasn't do you do you know the Chris Farley one, the famous the um, El Nino? Oh, I do. Yeah. When you when you bring up Chris Farley, I think of Fat Man in a Little Suit, but Fat Guy in a Little Coat. Let's get this right. Gosh. Tommy boy, dude, this is like my generation. Like, That's right. You're still a baby. Oh, Fat guy. I'm like actually really embarrassed about that. Yeah, you should be. Well, anyways, okay. So welcome <laughs> back to another episode. I'm Father Brian Larkin. And I am Patrick Deveni. And welcome to Gregorian Rant. Today we are uh, kind of taking off and we're going to be talking about anxiety. So the... Uh, the Greek word of the day is word of the day, word of the day, word of the day. So as a Catholic priest, part of my job. So you mentioned last time uh, the nuns with the rulers. Hey, mom. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. That was my experience as a yeah. kid. The nuns with the rulers. The nuns with the rulers. You know what's funny? I never, I like until I was a seminarian. If you don't know what a seminarian is, it's someone who's studying for priesthood. But I never met a nun before that. Or if I did, like like a lot of nuns didn't wear the habits, like the the nun like garb get out thing, you know? Yep, yep. And like, so if you met them, you didn't necessarily know because they just had like a pin on and like, you're like, oh, sorry, I missed your pin, you know? <laughs> not to pick on them, but that's kind of yeah. yeah. what happened. You know, it's kind of like you might have met a priest before, but if he's not wearing his collar, like how do you know as a priest? I think, I, quick side note here, it's probably one of, the, one of my favorite stories. My cousin is a Navy SEAL. And came out to visit me. Um, I think he's like, I don't even know what team he's on right now, but uh, he's actively deployed. And a couple months ago, he came out to visit me, and I was living here in Denver by Sloan's Lake. Um, and his first day he got here, he's like, Hey, man, uh, tomorrow morning, I want to go on a run. Can I, you know, is there anywhere to go? I was like, Yeah, go run the lake. If you do one lap, it's like three miles I plus or minus. Story. Yeah. And it's 5 a.m. He goes on a run. He comes back and he's pretty sweaty. He's out of breath. And but again, just a phenomenal athlete, obviously a freak of nature, one of our country's best. And I'm like, dude, how was it? And he goes, the elevation was killing me. But I did my first lap and out of nowhere, a sister, a nun ran by me in her full getup. Yeah. That's embarrassing. And he <laughs> then, as a Navy SEAL would, gets into his mind of like, I can't let her beat me, right? Like a, literally a, a nun in her full gear, the rosary off the side, the whole nine yards yeah. ran by him. And he was about to quit. So he does another lap just to beat her. And little did we know, like I right away, I knew exactly who it was. One of the powerful sisters of the life. Sisters of life. Yeah. Yes. And uh, we'll we'll just leave names out. But apparently she has a military background and is just a total B.A. But right. Um, and so holy. She's Wait, what does B.A. stand for? Total badass. Can you say that on the I, podcast? Well, we did now. OK. Yeah, you put me there. You <laughs> put me there. So I will confess that tomorrow. Anyways. Uh, but I did. I don't think that's a sin, but that's for another podcast. That is a great point. Yeah. Um, but I knew right away. So anyways, I, I had to go into that because it's rare you see any of the, the habits out there. Um, but that just will forever be one of my favorite stories of him getting 
a Navy SEAL getting beat by a sister of life. That, as should. that is like awesome. Yeah. I love that. It's my favorite. Um, but yes, back to anxiety in the world. Oh, but wait, we got to. So, so the reason I got in there, oh, yeah. the nuns. So we had the Greek word of the day. And so like you'd mentioned nuns with the rulers. So in our school, we have a phenomenal school. It's, it's amazing. Like our whole faculty and our principals are just great. Um, but I always hear the stories about how like kid, people are like, oh yeah, I went to Catholic school. It was awful. Like I was scared out of my mind and the nun, you know, hit me with the ruler. And I remember the like Death Cab for Cutie had that song like Catholic school as vicious as Roman rule. It's like well played. Yeah. I, I know. didn't listen to Gregorian chant. Well, you know, Death Cab and Gregorian that's chant. That's right. Totally fits your personality, <laughs> but that's okay. Right. A little emo in there. <laughs> but, uh, but I was like, my job as a Catholic priest, I'm like, I want my kids to get out of school and be like, man, when I was a kid, we had the coolest priest ever. Like, totally. And so I just go and disrupt things. But I always give them the Greek word of the day. So I walk in and they're like, FP, what's our Greek word of the day? So it's kind of fun. And they never remember, but it's, it's fun. But anyway, so my, the Greek word for today's podcast is Miriam Nao. So Miriam Nao means I am anxious. Oh, that's yeah. nice. So in the New Testament, when Jesus talks about anxiety, which we, who knows, maybe we'll get there. Hopefully. Matthew 6, Matthew 13 are two places that pop to mind. Um, that's the word is uh, that I have anxiety. I think I went to high school with a Mary Otto. That was a really bad joke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was totally lame. <laughs> Did I at least get it? I don't even remember what you said. Mariatum? Merimnao. Oh, close enough. Merimnao. Anyways, so this episode is... <laughs> moving on. Moving on ASAP. Uh, Steph's going to kill me. Um, but I have a question for you. And mm. struggling with watching the world today. We are post-election somewhat don't know where we stand on that front but but mostly we know mostly we know and by maybe some hail mary trump gets in um but the dynamic again we've already talked about last episode but i live downtown and i remember leading into the election last week the every window was being boarded up um yeah anticipating riots anticipating craziness downtown which we've already lived through enough and like most big cities around the nation right now, it's pretty standard. Yep. And then on the flip side, um, kind of watching the community that is more or less the Catholic side, really struggling with this feeling of it's kind of the end of the world. And, yeah. um, you know, we can't control who won and if it's Biden, wherever your stance is on that, this feeling that like, oh, this is really bad. Am yeah. I, this could be the end of the world. And, and how do you kind of navigate things that are so far out of your control and yet still participate and not walk away from it, but not let anxiety in today's world overcome your life. Yeah. Which I would imagine you, especially in like the confessional scenario, like, and just in how many people I see come to meet with you, it, you have to experience that. Oh, sorry. I got <clears throat> something, in my, nice. something in my throat there. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And like, you know, and I get it too, right? Like I've, I have found, I don't know if you found this recently, but I'm like, I've actually been like, after the election night happened, I was like, <clears throat> I made a commitment to myself that I'm going to watch. I'm going to stop. I don't have a TV as you know. 
But with my computer, I'm like, I'm going to stop looking at internet news or at least drastically curb it. Yep. And it's been so good because I get, I've been worked up too. And like, it's such a tense time in our culture and everyone feels this. Right. And like it is, and, it, and people do it in different ways, but in the Catholic community is, it's interesting the way that this has kind of played out. Totally. And people, people are just going off the deep end. Um, yeah, I had to. I I actually last week <clears throat> deleted Facebook. Again, I'm from California. I spent a lot of time in LA, and even was born and raised in San Francisco. So you're so my, cool. My, so I mean, I do miss the, the West Coast, <laughs> but um, the thing I don't miss though, and like my Facebook feed is like my life summed up in one and like a social media platform. It's Super liberal, L, you know, L.A., California. I mean, I think sure. they were about as quick as Colorado to determine blue. Oh, they're way quicker. Right? Way quicker, yeah. right? So every no one post, even ever questions it. So no, like not California. Even, no. That's is right. Like, yeah, it was it's a blue out the state. Gates, no it's like, what, oh, we got yeah. that in the bag. No worries. How many? Do you know how many electoral votes California is? I have no idea. I don't know either. It's. I mean, it's like a lot. Mary Matu. That was that Mary was Matu. That right was Matu. That was really intelligent. I'm like, it's like a lot. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like 27, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but your Facebook feed. But anyway, so I get on there and and instantly it's either these super radical left, and or now working for the church. I have like the world's gonna end. Prop 115. Like this dynamic of like yeah. I, I just can't stand it. Like, I don't know where the truth is. I can't figure it out. So I, I truly, I, I was, it was after you and I spoke where you were like, I just need to stay away from media for a little bit. And I was like, that led me to just delete it. And then yeah. my life ultimately has become so much more peaceful. Yep. Cause I am not on social media and not getting dragged through it. Like you just start scrolling and you're getting caught up in it. Right. Um, but it's really interesting to just kind of watch play out, especially when you're, Again, we talked about last episode, but some of these social mediums, people in Hollywood and you look up to and they're saying these crazy beliefs and it's kind of a safer bet to yeah. fall into some of those. Um, but how do you start to deal with some of the anxiety that comes around every four years and this probably being more than most? How do, how do you handle that? Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a tough question, right? I mean, I think <laughs> there's a lot of angles that this can kind of be approached from and there's different avenues it goes down um well i don't mean to cut you off i would like to take this actually from the standpoint of in the time of covid we have right. to add that layer into it right especially when the government's saying you have to be locked down you can't have more than 10 people and it's enough to deal with the anxieties of the world when you have an outlet like mass yeah and you have the ability to go to church but you and I, and really you, are faced with the decisions of like the government saying one thing, people want another. And when people don't have that outlet, it seems like it gets even worse of like, I don't have church to go to. Right. I, I need church right now. Right, and amen. So, and it, totally. And how do you kind of navigate that portion of politics, COVID? I don't have the rock to rest into, of, right. you know, no pun intended, but. Church. Well, it's, it's interesting because <clears throat> so one thing I would love to bring up with this is I think um, one of the I was talking to my physical therapist about this who's an old friend of mine he's a he's a great physical therapist Ed Forsman check him out he deserves to have 
like if you need physical therapy, he's your man. But anyway, um, uh, Ed and I were talking and I think, you know, something that I see and I've read a couple of books on this and some essays and whatever, but I think one of the, one of the reasons, why are people so anxious? So lots of reasons. One's like, okay, biggest pandemic since the Spanish flu. Okay. Well, that's pretty good reason. Um, I don't know if that was me. I don't know. Okay. But anyway, Maybe that was, is that like when I make a good point? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, I think a really important point about anxiety right now is this. And if you're a Catholic, I'd actually really challenge you on this. And also if you're not, like, I, I think this is a really important thing to think about. Um, there's a theologian at Duke who I, th- I think he's retired now. His name's Stanley Hauerwas, not a Catholic, but a really brilliant thinker. I don't, you know, one of those people you don't agree with everything everyone says, but very intelligent, really thoughtful. And he has a point where he says, he talks about, and this is years ago, he was giving a commencement speech to, I think it was at John Hopkins. And he was talking to a bunch of MDs who were graduating. And he talked about, he says, okay, if you were going to do a survey today, and he actually cited the real surveys, and this is probably 10 years ago or maybe even more. And he says, you know, and you ask people, how do you want to die? So let me ask you, Patrick. So if you had, if, you, if someone says, how do you like the day you die? Yeah. Like, what, what do you think you would want that to look like? <laughs> Following up on the previous episode, just like my mom in my sleep. Yep. No idea. Anything's coming. I don't want to anticipate grief. It is 100% in my sleep. I love it when you get the answer I want you to give. That's what that I'm was here good. for. Yeah. So right, right. That that makes sense, and I think you know I relate to that. And so Howarwa says when we uh, survey kind of what people want today, they don't want to know that they're dying because they don't want the anxiety. Right. Miriam Nao. Mm. Right. Um, Shout out class of two thousand five. <laughs> right. Wait, what is her name? Mary Monty. Mary Monty. Um, but you don't want to you don't want to know that you're dying because that's that's a difficult thing and I relate to that. You want to die in your sleep. You don't want pain. Yep. Um, and and kind of just those normal things. And it's a really intriguing commencement address he gave because he says, okay, that makes sense to all of us as modern men and women. But he says if you study the the medieval world, which was really a Christian world, in a deeper sense, in at least some ways than today, and probably in a lot of ways. He says, everything we know about that world is that they would answer that question very differently from us. And what they would answer is they would say, we, uh, when you die, you want to know what's coming because you want to prepare. You actually want some suffering, which sounds kind of weird, but but because, and we can get into this if, if you want to, but Christians in the medieval world believe that it was a, that suffering could purify you and it could help you to be prepared for your death. Um, and they wanted time because they wanted to be say, I want to have a priest come so I can confess my sins. And also the people that I've wronged in my life, I want to know that I'm dying because, Hey, you know what? I have a really bad relationship with my cousin or my sister or whoever. And I want to make things right before I die. And he, let me finish this. Yeah. So what he says is he says, and this this goes to anxiety. He says, uh, in the modern world, we're scared of death. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the problem. We're scared of death. 
So am I, by the way. But we're scared of death. And he says, but medieval Christians, they didn't fear death, they feared God. And I love that. Yeah. And I think today, one of the, one of the things that's ha- part of the reason it's so intense, we don't believe in God anymore. And so I think both our politics, but also our response to the, the COVID pandemic. And again, I'm not advocating here that we don't need to be, you know, measured and smart about how we deal with COVID. I, I 100% believe that. But we live in a world where all we have is this life. And so I think people go into this fear of, I can't die. And no one I know can die because this is all we've got. Yep. Um, and I just think that's that's a really important question to reflect on. I think you kind of crushed me right there. And now that, like, when you asked that question, I was, I'm, I'm always so quick to say, in my sleep and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's what I would say, too. Yeah, but I also think that's my perception, being on the receiving end of death, of and I mean that from Sam, like it was my mom, you know, and like yeah. I want her to go out that way right. without suffering. But at the end of the day, again, I referenced him last time, another brilliant, I actually really agree with this. My best friend said, uh, death, what's so hard about death is it is, if you believe, is so great for someone that's dying. But the people that are really affected are the ones that are left behind. Right. And for me, when I'm so quick to say like, oh, in your sleep, of course. But I feel like, in my heart of heart, if you ask my mom that right now, right, she would do anything to have one more conversation to yeah. clear up all those loose ends to kind of prepare for that. She went to sleep and didn't wake up. So yeah. on on that side of the coin, a hundred percent, assuming that she believed and would know that she's like gonna have her judgment. It's it's an interesting. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, I always think like I'd rather just go. But then I never had another conversation. Like I right. never. I have so many questions I want to ask. Like. It would have been kind of cool to be able to prepare for that and live life in that way. One of the and it begs the deeper question, and I think this is this is part of why we're doing this podcast, right? We're gonna like I don't know how many podcasts we'll talk about why we're doing this podcast, right? (laughs) But but I'm like, this is what we need to do as human beings is engage deeper questions, totally, right? And so and by the way, like this is not, of course, only Christians who have done this. Plato is this way, so Plato. Like, like I think, I think so much of the way the modern world has shaped us is when people assume God doesn't exist. And, and I don't know if we'll, we'll do a podcast on this probably at some point. I actually think it's really unintelligent to think that God doesn't exist. I think it's, I think it's radically unintelligent. And I know there are very intelligent people who hold that. I have listened to many of them. Sam Harris is someone I always cite in our our CIA class. Um, Sam Harris, if you don't know him, is a neuroscientist and he knows a little bit about philosophy, but he's, um, I don't want to be overly critical. I respect him. I disagree with him. I think he's pretty off on some things. But anyway, what, what was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the deeper questions. Yeah, asking a deeper question. And so I, I think the question is like, our culture right now, the greatest evil is suffering. Hmm. Right? And like, and I relate to that, you know, I'm like, yeah. I don't want to suffer. I'm, I am not like a strong person. I don't think I don't want to suffer. I don't ever say, Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm the tough guy and I can just get through whatever. I, I don't, but for a Christian, right. And I think all of us should ask this. That's what I was going to like, even if you're not a Christian, Plato says this Plato talks about how he believed in the soul 
and for good reasons. And what he says is that what happens to our body and what happens in terms of physical things cannot be as important as what happens to your soul. So, so, so one way to look at this is like, um, someone who steals, let's say, yeah, right. Like, um, you go out and you're like, man, like Megan Carney, like she has the most amazing car. And I'm like, I resent her so much. Um, so I'm going to go steal her car. Yeah. And if you lose your car, right. The, you lose something real and that's not good. And that's an injustice. But what Plato would say is that actually I would do more damage to myself than I actually did to Megan because by stealing a car, I be, I start to work on myself becoming an immoral person. And probably if I'm stealing a car, I've gotten to a point of like, I've made some bad choices, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And so anyway, to not be too long winded about this, I think the question right now is like, um, what, what does it really mean to be a human being? And like, Death is going to come. And when Howard Wass gave that commencement address, and I love that address. If you want to look at this, it's in a book called uh, Working with Words. It's, it's a collection of essays and other things from Stanley Howard Wass. But um, he talks in there about how um, what it really means to be a human being is not what happens to you, but it's about who you are. And that's what Plato believed. And ultimately, like, bad things can always happen to me. You know, I, I can have a bad day. I can get cut off on I-25. The government might do things I might not like that are out of my control. But at the end of the day, the more important thing is what makes me who I am, what makes me FB, is what are the decisions I make. Um, and so I think, I think a lot of fear right now, there's a lot of fear about death with yeah. COVID and I, and I understand that I sympathize with that. Um, but, it, but I think for the Christian, the, the reason a Christian can speak to today's COVID crisis is that there are very, very good reasons to believe that you have a soul. And if you do, death is never a good thing, but actually there are some things more important than adding another year to your life doesn't mean we should be reckless doesn't mean we should just go out and be like hey no restrictions no masks doesn't mean that but it but there's something of like you know adding more days to my life is not the ultimate goal totally but don't you i mean from the flip side of that though feeling this pressure as a christian and watching the media today Mm -hmm. about you know whether it's abortion or any any topic pick any of it and this feeling of like oh this is the end of the world this is right the second coming is about to happen and all of a sudden you have this anxiety of like the world is on a wrong path right. and you want to control that but if i'm understanding you it almost should be like okay like that's fine god yeah. has a bigger plan outside of me and sure i can go be a watcher at the polling station and do my part Right. But at the end of the day, if you believe and you really believe in God's path, then this is the time to actually purify yourself. You know, when you're talking back to kind of you have your judgment with God and that's all you can control. So don't it's nothing right. to be anxious about and freak out and, and all of a sudden have this 
negative view on life and this really bad, I don't know, like destroys who you are as a person. Right. You start making bad decisions and stealing cars and like all of a sudden it quickly spirals the other way when, okay, maybe Trump did lose or whatever side of the stance you're on, but there's a bigger plan to this and you can rest easy in that. Yeah, I mean, and amen. And I think there's a couple points there with like, <clears throat> one thing, if you're a Christian and you're like, this is the end of the world. I would challenge you to go read Mark 13. Um, I know that's your favorite chapter, <laughs> right? <laughs> the Bible, right? So, so in Mark 13, I remember it so well. We just give me a recap. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so Mark 13 is what scholars call the eschatological discourse. Oh yes. Yes. One. Yeah. Right. You know that rings a bell. Um, hey, by the way, D, this is a total aside. This is how I lose my train of thought, but Perfect. I can do it anyways. Do you remember, I think I've told you this, but the day I was ordained a Catholic priest, it was one of the days that somebody had predicted the end of the world. And so leading up, so I was ordained on uh, May 21st. Is that right? That's embarrassing. May 21st or May 11th. Was it May 11th? Was it May 11th? This is May. bad. This is embarrassing. I'll have to look it up. I think it's May 21st. But um, uh, hold on. You know my card? Sorry for the pause. Yes, we found the card. Yep, I'm right. Uh, Brian Larkin ordained a priest of Jesus Christ, the 21st of May, 2011. So that day was predicted. I forget who did it, but somebody predicted that would be the end of the world. And all over Denver, there's these like billboards that said, you know, get ready, like end of the world, May 21st. And Archbishop Shappy, who ordained me, he talked about that in the homily. And he was like, well, you guys might be the group of priests that's, is you know ordained the, the shortest amount of time in ever you know totally. <laughs> right yeah but in mark 13 so uh what happens is jesus talks about a lot of things in mark 13 and that's a deep conversation but one of the things he says is he says no one knows he says and he actually says even he doesn't know and so i always laugh like but my point with this is like you get christians out there it tends to be christians and and brothers and sisters in Christ, I love you. Please don't do this. You just make us, you make us look bad. Read Jesus's words in Mark 13. No one knows. And if you hear some, somebody preaching with all the good intentions, they might be a very good person. And they say, hey, look at the signs. I've done all the math. It's going to be this day. They don't know. No one knows. Right. Um, and what happens, and I think here's the real problem with it. What are you going to do about it? Right. All it does is like fear paralyzes you. And so it, like my, my friend, I'm going to name drop here. Uh, my friend, Dr. Tim Gray. Ooh. Ooh ah. Where's that bell? Ooh, he's kind that of, a, bell again? I know, right? <laughs> he's kind of a big deal. Um, but uh, Dr. Tim Gray, I don't know how long we've gone. Dr. Tim Gray says, fear of the future, anxiety and fear go hand in hand is what keeps me from being generous today. Fear of the future is what keeps me from being generous today. And so that happens with money is the easiest example is like the reason so many of us are scared about being financially generous is because we're scared about tomorrow. Totally. Right. And what fear does is it paralyzes you. It keeps you from being able to, to, to live in the moment. And so that that's true with money, but I think that's just true with our lives. 
And so people who are so scared about the future, it actually takes you, your gaze off of doing what's important in front of you. Like you can't fix COVID. You can, you can be smart. You can wear your mask. Um, you can't fix that. You know what you can do is you can turn off the news and you can go play with your kids. Because I, I feel like, again, being the new guy in the room, on the flip side of that, I see a lot of people saying they'll agree with that. Right. But instead of saying, okay, well, I'm going to just be present in the moment, instead of turning to Fox News or CNN, right. all of a sudden I got on YouTube the other day and it leads me to... Oh, here we go. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, think I, I had a bone to pick with you on this one. <laughs> but I feel like people will find a safe spot in all of a sudden they look at like a news outlet that's quote unquote Catholic Mm -hmm. and they kind of all of a sudden are like, okay, well I'm not going to watch the other stuff. Instead, I'm just going to trust in what's Catholic. And I turned on, I'll leave it out for right now, but something on there that was like talking about how bad uh, Bishop Barron is for the church. And all of a sudden, if, if I have anxiety in the world instead of being present and I find my security in a quote unquote news agency or whatever you want to call it, um, production company that's Catholic, right? But is then fearful to the ultimate extreme in the other direction. Now, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm almost in, I viewed it as like a worse spot. Like, I, I don't think I've ever been more scared than when I saw the video of Bishop yeah. Aaron is somehow really bad for the church. Yeah. And I don't know the ins and outs of that, but I look up to him a lot. So, all of a sudden, it's like, how did we go from not only like, okay, we can agree CNN and Fox News have their errors and, and the end of the world may or, not, may or may not be coming. But if you resort to the fact that these other quote unquote Catholic things, it could almost be worse because then all of a sudden you go off the deep end on the other side and, right. then, and you're out there trying to control all these things you can't control versus, yeah, just go play with your kids. Yeah, we should do another <clears throat> show sometime with Trevor Lontine mm. about this. But love, love, love me some Trevor. Trevor is awesome. He's yes. a great guy. Um, so if you don't, of course, you a lot of you probably don't know who Trevor is. I was going to say, of course, you don't know who Trevor is. <laughs> Trevor, you're a big deal. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Trevor is a brilliant seminarian who will be a phenomenal priest um, just and just a, a good man. But him and I talk about this sometimes and trying to boil down like, some of the dynamics in the church today. And I think there's a lot of, there, there's a thousand different questions around this, but one of the things right now, and it's not just a Christian thing, this is a human thing, but we want to be safe. Yeah. And we want clear lines sometimes. And one of the things I think that's happening right now is people are scared about different dynamics within Christianity and they want to know that they're right and they want to say, I'm safe. And they want very clear lines. Now, there are some things in Christianity that are very clear, that are very clear lines. There are plenty of those things. Um, but but I guess two quick points I would make. One is that the gospel is good news. It is good news, right? And if, if you find yourself driven by fear, and if, if you live a Christian life, hell is real. It's a real thing. Bishop Barron is accused of saying that that's not true, which is, he's never said that. I've read him. I've listened to him. Hell is a real thing. 
but we're not so as Christians, like Christianity is not like I walk around and like, Oh my gosh, God is like the divine, like scorekeeper. Right. And like when I screw up and I sin and he's like, <laughs> gotcha, Brian, yeah. hell for you. Right. Like that's not Christianity. Christianity is the good news that we are loved by God and that he has redeemed the world. And so fear drives us to a place where we become rigid and we lose our joy. And that's not a good thing. Um, but sometimes what happens is when, when we operate out of fear is we want these really clear lines. And life's kind of messy. And being a Christian, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot on, on this podcast, but life's kind of messy. And sometimes it isn't always clear. There, And again, there are some clear things like, Jesus is God. If you don't believe he's God, you might be a wonderful person and we can hang out and be friends, but you're not a Christian, right? Like you just can't say that, right? That's clear. And there, there's, there's plenty of those kinds of things. There are other areas where it's like, you've got to live as a Christian as an art, mm-hmm. right? And, and this is like, like when Jesus says to the Pharisees, you know, you guys follow all these rules, but you miss the point. You strain out a gnat and you swallow a camel. And like, yeah, you you could technically check all the boxes, but you've neglected justice and mercy and righteousness and the greater matters. And so, so, so many things like, I think sometimes what's happening in the church right now is that we we get scared and we want to know that we're right and we're safe. But faith means in some way that we trust God and we surrender our own control of things. And we say, Lord, I'm not perfect, but I trust you. Because Was that sermon mode? I think it was a little bit of sermon mode. <laughs> Is that a homily? Yeah, right. totally. All right, our father who are, no. Um, I, on the, I, I don't know. It's just interesting hearing you say that because I feel like there's so many times you, if you get caught up in the fear as a Christian and you want to know the rights the you know, you don't like living in the gray, you want to know the black and white of, am I going to make it to heaven? That's your ultimate goal. Um, but I feel like if you're not able to surrender to God, then you're put into a position of being a really, really bad testimony to the faith. Right. Because all of a sudden, if I get on YouTube and I watch some guy who's spinning his finger, acting like it's some sort of, vortex uh <laughs> no idea what you're referring to <laughs> that's right but you know and all of a sudden life becomes a fearful thing though and if you're not fool if you're not meeting him at his level it scares the hell out of me yeah then all of a sudden i'm like dude you're a quote-unquote catholic um you believe in this thing called god yeah. and yet here you are just bastardizing somebody else and like talking about how bad so-and-so is and the world is coming to an end and we need to revolt and like all these crazy things versus like, okay, it didn't go the way I wanted it to, but this isn't my plan like that. This isn't about me. This is God's plan. If I look at the bigger picture, somehow this is all working out. And sure. If three days from now the world ends. Okay. Like we have to, we'll kind of live with that and figure that piece out. Yeah. But on the other side of that is we are trying to evangelize in the church that is, you and I talk about this all the time, like we have more people leaving than coming in. And our, you know, the Protestant world that I was in was just like, hey, welcome. Like just you, you be you. Like we're fine. Like we'll figure this out. So it's a much different message. 
So, and, and that I'm not saying they're doing things right in this circumstance either, but if you come across fearful and rigid, now all of a sudden you've pushed somebody further away from faith. Right. And, and I know most of the time people are trying so hard to bring people to faith, but it's almost like when you're dating somebody and you all of a sudden become the stage five clinger. You're like, no, I want you so bad. That's a new term, stage five clinger. Oh, dude, what dude, That's a great I term. I would not recommend that. For I'm going to use Anyways, that. That's great. Yeah, a stage five clinger that all of a sudden you're like, I want to date you so bad. I want you to be my wife. Yeah. But now you're calling at every hour on the hour. You're, you're becoming obsessive over this thing versus human nature is kind of like the takeaway. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, you know, like just trying to find and resting in that peace though of what you're saying in Matthew of just like, okay, you have to surrender. Nobody knows. Yeah. So whether it's in 2011 or COVID year or something else four years from now, how do you find peace in that? If you're consistently getting wrapped up in this Christian life of like, I need to be right. I need to control this. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> I love it, man. This is great. I love talking about this stuff. Thanks. Um, you're, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you still married up, but you're a great guy. That's right. Um, no, but I think this is the gospel, right? The gospel, the good news of Christianity is not that you're perfect, right? Right? Like, um, it's that God loves you and he loved you in your darkest moment, right? And the moment that you committed the worst sin you've ever committed in your life and that you would be, you were so embarrassed about. And if anyone ever found out, you would be so mortified. God knows you did that and he loves you. And what St. Paul says in Romans 2 is he says that God's kindness leads us to repentance. So, and I, and I think of that in my own life. What's make, what helps make me a better man is not fear. It's love. And like I'm, I am not there, and like you hear me talk about this all the time. Like I've been a priest almost 10 years, and I just I feel like I'm a train wreck. And in some ways, I look at it in my congregation. I have this wonderful uh, congregation at Our Lady of Lords, And I feel like my people are so much better than I am. Um, but this is the good news, right? The good news is that God loves us first. And I think, and this is where I want to go with anxiety. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling anxious, like a couple things I would just kind of communicate to people is like, number one is you. everyone feels this way. And you're not alone. Um, you are just like the rest of us. I feel anxiety right now. I feel isolated. I have a lot of fears right now that people are leaving my church and like they don't really love me as a pastor and I screwed all this up and blah, 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 blah. But two places I would encourage you to kind of think about. So in Matthew 13, if, you, if you're a practicing Christian, here's for you. If you're a really practicing Christian, in Matthew 13, Jesus tells the parable of the sower. And he talks about different types of soil, right? And the gospel goes out, the good word, right? The word where, where the word of God goes out and it falls on different types of soil. And um, one of the types of soil is where the seed falls among soil that has thorns. And the word of God grows inside that person, but the thorns choke it and it, it keeps it from bearing fruit. And this is, I, I just, I just want to scream this sometimes that so in John 15 Jesus tells us that the way we glorify God the Father is that we bear much fruit and in the parable of the sower Jesus tells us 
You want to know what's going to keep you from bearing fruit is anxiety. And so there are certain Catholic and Christian voices that are very prominent right now, some of whom I know personally, who are sowing anxiety. Anxiety, Jesus tells us in Matthew 13, is like thorns that choke the word of God. And I know you know this if you're listening right now, right? Like I know you know this, and I know it in my life, in my soul. When I have anxiety, I'm paralyzed. And I stop loving God and trusting him. And I stop loving those around me. And that is death to, to what we're supposed to be. Um, and then secondly, and then you can tell me to kind of, you know, bite my tongue. The second place that all of us should look, and I'm just I'm going to pull this out. I've got my Bible here. I usually have my Bible with me. Um, so in Matthew chapter 6, the end, or not the end quite, but in the Sermon on the Mount, um, starting in verse 25, this is where Jesus talks the most about anxiety in the New Testament. He also talks about it with Martha and Mary, right? When he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious, right? Um, and worried about many things. But one thing is needful, right? Because Mary has chosen to sit at Jesus' feet and to let go of those things. And I don't know, and everybody, I just, I'm so tempted. I'm like, I'm a preacher. That's who I am. It sounds kind of funny as a Catholic priest, but that's who I am. And I love preaching the gospel. But <clears throat> you've got to turn off those voices and you've got to tune into God. And like yesterday, was it yesterday? What day is it? Today's Wednesday. Monday, Monday, I turned off my radio. I turned off my phone. I went for a long hike in Waterton Canyon. Don't go there. It's mine. Um, and I felt like a new human being because I turned off these voices and I prayed. I prayed the rosary, connected with God. So Jesus in Matthew 6, he says this, so 6.25. He says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. In the Greek, he says, may merimnate. Do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. He goes on and on. I'm not going to read it all because I want people to go read it for themselves. You're going to say something? No. Oh, you look like you were. And then at the end, Jesus sums this up. The very end of Matthew 6, he has kind of the summary statement. And he says, um, so in verse 32, Right, we're worried about all these things. Where, you know, how am I going to pay my bills? What am I going to do tomorrow? Like, what if the government comes in and takes control of everything and we're just anxious, anxious, anxious? And Jesus says, the Gentiles seek all these things. Gentiles is a word that means uh, the nations, non Jews. So people who really don't follow the God of Israel, they seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So God knows what you need. You're at home right now, and you're scared about your husband's job. Um, you're scared about whether or not you're going to be able to go to church next Sunday. Like, God knows what you need. Right? He knows what you need. Uh, God knows that you need them all, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be yours as well. And I just, lo- I'm like, Man, that just speaks to me. I need that in my life. I need to hear like, Brian, you have tons of anxieties. And I do. I'm like, oh my gosh, is Lord's on the downhill? Am I like a bad pastor? Um, What are people saying? That doesn't matter. Like this isn't my church, it's God's church. And when I let go of that, I'm like, wow, like, oh, I'm a human being again. 
totally. Sorry, that was my like little homilette. No, I, I, no, I, I think it's so powerful. I think it's just such a good reminder. Sometimes I laugh of like, it almost sounds like chicken soup ish <laughs> of like, you know, like this is what life is about. But yeah. again, it's, they always say like, what's the quote? Motivation is like taking a shower. You need to do it every day. Mm. And I, I haven't like, heard that. That's good. I feel like the good news is that way. Yeah. In that sense of like, again, all of a sudden you hear this podcast or you hear just right now hearing you talk and I could step outside and go to dinner and watch the news or hear somebody's conversation and I'm right back to where I was. Yeah. So it's almost like you take one step forward, 10 steps back and just consistently hearing that verse and how that speaks to you because in this right now, I think more than ever, we're higher in depression, higher in suicide, higher in divorce, higher in everything right now during COVID, especially. Right. Um, That means you need about a thousand times more for every one instance to kind of ingrain that in yourself. But if we say we read the word and we look into that, that truly should be, we, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but be walking around with the ultimate confidence and with what is happening. Sure. I wanted it to go a different way. I didn't want my mom to die. I, but, but I also know I was living, that's a whole nother story. I was living in Mexico. Like I'm in a whole different path of life and not moving back to the U S if mom doesn't die. Therefore I don't meet Steph and who knows what happens and and moving forward. But there's a bigger picture that you kind of have to rest in. Otherwise your life Christian or not is consistently trying to control things you cannot control. Yeah. And this is like, you know, I, I won't go too deep because we we I, we can talk about this forever. I totally, <laughs> the Greek word for faith. One more Greek word today is pistis, mm. and faith doesn't mean I just believe something's true. It absolutely does not mean that. That's a, that is a a very impoverished understanding of what faith means. And if you really study these these things in depth, faith means I something like I surrender myself. And if you think about like going back to like the Catholic thing right now, there's all this fear. And I want to make sure that I'm right. So I think people condemn men like Bishop Barron, who in my mind is the most important Catholic voice, at least in the United States today. Um, he's balanced. He has faith. He has hope and love. He is the kind of voice we need right now. But people want to be safe and they want to control. And control in some ways can be the opposite of faith. That I have to control everything. I have to be in power and faith means not a blind leap, right? That's the caricature. It doesn't mean turning off your mind. It doesn't mean any of that. But faith means somehow, like, I've got this fear inside of me that everything's not okay. Um, and everything's not okay. But at some level, I have to be able to say, Jesus, I see what you did on the cross. And I know you're faithful. I know you're faithful. And because, and this is what Paul says in Romans chapter 1, uh, he says, he uses a phrase where he says, um, for the gospel in it is revealed the righteousness of God from faith for faith. And what that means is it because Jesus was faithful, right? Think of like, um, if your mom and dad are super trustworthy, it actually frees us to trust God's faithfulness. Pistis in the Greek is way too deep. <laughs> Pistis can mean faith in, or it can also mean faithfulness. God's faithfulness frees me to trust Him. And that means I don't have to control everything. 
Mm. This is like way too deep. <laughs> is that beautiful though? That's I so love good. that. Yeah. I love that. And God, and that's what I want to say to people, right? Like God's faithful. doesn't mean we're not going to suffer. It doesn't mean things won't be hard, but God is faithful and you can trust in that. Right. And you can live a life of faithfulness because he is faithful. <laughs> I just, I, I, right now I'm just thinking to myself though, like how powerful this message is. Um, even if you do call it a mini sermon, like, because everything is relative, right? Like today in this day and age, like right now, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Like yeah. COVID, none uh, of us have blah, been through blah, this. blah, 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 uh, until tomorrow. And then there's right. something else. Right. And then 10 years from now, there'll be something else. And yep. then we're we'll three in 12 years. And, and you're going to die someday. That's right. And what, and if, and if you got to add one year to your life, is that really what you want? And and the the message of Jesus right is like not again not to be reckless we we believe human life is good, but that at some level heaven is real. Totally. I feel like doing a mic drop. I know. <laughs> but don't, these these not mics, these new mics, you can't don't, drop, but you can't do drop that. them anyways. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I we, think that was probably yes. I thank you for that knowledge because it's it's a tough time out there right now. Yeah. The struggle is real. Uh, so we're going to wrap this up, brothers and sisters. Uh, those of you who are Christians, hey, um, Patrick and I and Megan's with us. We're going to say a prayer for you right when we finish here. Yep. That you're free from anxiety in your life right now. Um, but those of you who aren't Christians, we're going to pray for you too. Um, and we look forward to continuing our conversation. Uh, hopefully your, your friends here are... Uh, neophyte Patrick Devaney and your priest friend FB. Uh, Thanks for checking in. God bless you all. We'll see you next time.